Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of It Came From New Jersey. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about music from New Jersey, album by album. Um, I'm Pete. I'm here with your other host, Bob. And today we have a special guest, um, our good buddy, Brad. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Brad, um, uh, it's it's nice to be on with you. Um, what what I mean, do we want to do you want to give your your what people might know you from or do you want to keep it anonymous? <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone will actually know where I'm from, but um, I play in a band called Piss Jeans for geez, the past 16 or 17 or so years right now. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's real weird. Um, it's a long time. But I mean, when you think of what we've done playing roughly 10 to 15 shows a year, we've put about three to four years of actual work into the band. So it, uh, <laughs> it kind of, it's, you know, that's, it's not too bad. No, it's good. And, and what people might not know or might not connect is that you also happen to be, uh, from what Pete tells me, quite a large fan, but, but a fan of the band Saves the Day. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, now everyone will finally know. Um, <laughs> They're finally going to connect. Like, oh, that's where that finally that's we'll where know. Shallow came from. It's just a really yeah. cool homage. Damn it. Should have been a connection. Um, the truth is out there now. Yeah. So, just, for, just for context, I mean, so Brad and I, you know, text about music fairly often. Um, usually it's about, you know, some of the harder Fury stuff, of Five, Fury of Five, Mush Mouth, <laughs> things of that nature. Um, but then, you know, every once in a while we get into other things. And at one point I was doing a deep dive on Saves the Day just for myself. This is like prior to the podcast even starting. And uh, I think, Brad, you recommended that I check out. You You were going really deep on like, no, you need to check out, you know, this Saves the Day record. And it was all these ones that were after um, – uh, shit what's the third one yeah it was all the records after stay what you are and i was like oh wow all right time to go in so when we did this episode i was like what better person to have on than brad because he knows way more about saves today than either of us yo i do like that um brad so as we start most it came from new jersey why don't you give your own personal history with the band when you first encountered them all that fun stuff so I think the first time that I had heard Saves a Day was on, I think it was the zine Nothing Left had done a CD comp. Wow. And the song Sometimes New Jersey was on there, I think, from the demo. Um, And that was the first time I heard them. And like at the time, I loved Lifetime and like growing up in Eastern Pennsylvania, just like pop punk and stuff in general. So that was already like something I was interested in. And then hearing them on that, like I, I got into them from that song. And then, um, you know, of course, once the first record came out on equal vision, but before that I had seen them in Stroudsburg, like at a weird show, like right off main street in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania with, I want to, I don't know floor punch played, but it was like Atari, Rancor, uh, you know, whatever other bands from that time, but then like Saves the Day opening, um, it was still when like Chris was playing guitar and singing and stuff like that. That's yeah. That's like demo era. Yeah. And I remember like regretting that I didn't buy the demo at that point, but, um, but yeah, so that was kind of like the first time 
that I had heard them and then seen them play live. And then like that first record for me, like kind of was like the record of my, uh, first year in college, I guess, you know? So Brad, you said, and I think this is sort of like a familiar refrain because it was like a big record. The first record can't slow down was a big record when it came out. I don't know if it was totally my soundtrack, but it was like a pretty heavy listen record for me. I think I was still in high school. Um, yeah, I was still in high school for that and through being cool actually. But, uh, but how did this, like, we sort of touched on this, but saves the day became this band that people who were in a hardcore kids who were in a hardcore, like, both openly and some secretly fell in love with. Were you in the open camp or were you kind of on the, the the quiet side of your love for Saves the Day? I think I was probably open about it. Um, yeah, I don't think I was ever too... Sh- I don't think I've ever really been ashamed of what I've been into because I know that I'm probably not very cool anyway. So uh, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Yo, that's the right you know, energy. Like, I think I think we yeah, share that. It's like, actually, I think I we share that was a into lot. different things because where I grew up, like I was obviously like way into hardcore and stuff, but there weren't a lot of hardcore shows around here, and the hardcore shows that did exist were like yeah, twenty five to life and Crutch and Fury of Five and stuff like that. So I love that music. I don't love those shows to go see. <laughs> so like I was going to a ton of like pop punk shows and, and all that stuff around here. That's a- um, so that was like totally my style as well. Like both of those things, you know, um, and just purchasing all different types of music, uh, all different types of like underground music at that time. <laughs> and that's to say also that you, you hail from originally the Lehigh Valley. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Still am here as well. So very good. Very good. Okay. So, so you, you were into can't slow down. Um, now through being cool is coming out. Were you excited for it? Do you remember this? Like we're, we're doing, a, this is more chronological than we <laughs> normally go, but with such a deep seated fan, we want to get there. Were you looking forward to the record? Do you remember the lead up to it? And, and when you heard it, get walk us through that. So I remember being like super psyched. Um, I pre-ordered it from Equal Vision. I think, honestly, I think I pre-ordered both vinyl and CD because it originally came on blue. So I needed a copy of that. But like, we're also talking 1999. So it's not like I can just download the MP3s or, you know, it still also couldn't just like convert my vinyl to MP3 or anything. So I needed a CD as well. No, you you needed a rocket in the Geometro. Actually a Honda Accord, 1990 Honda Accord, you know. (laughs) There we go. All right. <laughs> so, um, of the time. So, yeah, no, I was super psyched. And, uh, you know, when we talked or when Pete and I talked kind of about doing this, I was thinking, did the acoustic EP come out prior to, to Through Being Cool or did it come out after? And I feel like it came out prior, right? So, it like, did. That it came out, out prior. So, that was another thing. Yeah. It came, yeah, it came out, out prior. That, that, about a half, half. That wasn't, it's, yeah. it's been done to death now with bands doing like acoustic versions of stuff acoustic records and things but like at the time that wasn't really a thing like you know like dashboard confessional wasn't really a thing at that time so that was like a 
just something unique that they had done prior to through being cool. And I think those songs are great. And I remember wanting that seven inch, which was on what, like immigrant son or something like that. I think the label was, um, and I, I don't think I ever got a copy of that. Cause it was, it was really limited at the time, you know, but, um, Hey, hold on, Brad, Pete, Pete, where did you get your copy? Um, a little distro that you were running. Somehow, Brad, I I decided to run a distro for like literally <laughs> three months because I probably made like three hundred dollars at my crummy job. I was like, oh, cool, I'll start a distro. And one of the only things I had was like I, I had mess I had emailed Immigrant Son. Was like, oh, this is coming out. Can I get? I want to get. I don't know. I think I I think I got like ten copies of it actually, and they were cool. And I was probably sixteen. So they, I think they thought it was cool and I offered, you know, I sent the money and all that. So I had it. Little did I know uh, that they would end up being valuable because I, I think I kept two for myself as, as a, um, a scummy record collector at the time. But, the uh, but I definitely sold them. <laughs> Correct. I definitely, I believe I sold stuff for, for approximately one half show and was over it. It was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> it was a solid two years from having a car. So like, that logistic was tough, but yeah, Pete, Pete got that. I had ten copies of it. I wish you, I wish you got to be one of yeah. the people who bought one of the. Uh, what, what else did Immigrant Son do? Was there anything? See, I, I always mix up Immigrant Son and Watermark. I think it is, but they did a couple things. They didn't do like. Did they do something for Jazz June? They did. I'm looking now. It seems so they, like the they world did a lot. It was it was like cable car theory. Okay. No reason. Um, <laughs> oh, that Dude, no reason. That was XXX XXX like that's right. Store. That no reason. That I so never ish. heard, but saw in every use. <laughs> yes, everywhere. That I couldn't for the life of you tell tell you what it sounds like. All right, what else? Let me see if there's anything else notable. Um, a lot of things I'm unfamiliar with. Okay, they did a morning again uh, record. Yeah, that sounds right couple morning again records the saves the day cable car theory i wrote oh, okay they did a kevin divine record in 2002 see they moved into the cd ep world good for them um nakatomi plaza okay all right yeah uh then they did die young uh houston hardcore band then this is quite a dive so to be kind not a ton of stuff that like really hit hit radar but that saves the day acoustic ep like that was a desirable thing right away because there's just not that many of them yeah and they must sold a ton of those cds too oh yeah Yeah, yes those were well because it was like like so here's the thing that we didn't even spell out so much on our episode saves the day was hot in this weird way that everybody liked them and they, it was pre this, the acoustic EP and even through being cool, through being cool ended up being probably a jump off point for some of the like more entrenched hardcore types, maybe. But I think it was, they had 10 times more people jump on. So like before the record comes out, people are just excited and like a, a new EP, an acoustic EP, like you set it up, Brad, really well. This just wasn't something that bands were doing in this world very often. And shortly thereafter, <laughs> yeah. it became beat to death. Um, but it was still so fresh that people were really excited. Yeah, so, yeah, that EP was, was definitely huge. And then, um, like, for me, 
I remember they put shoulder to the wheel on the incompatible comp. Do either of you remember any of those? <laughs> so yeah. my <laughs> band was on the, the first incompatible. Like, wow. I, I yes. haven't thought of that um, for a solid. We were on yeah. that one. Oh, really? And I forget what it was. Like, you know how things are when you're like, whatever, you know, 17, 18. And we like, didn't get copies of it or something. And then there was like some controversy with her, but like, just being this like stupid, fast, hardcore, grindcore band at the time, like this is Ultimate Warrior. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like we were just so psyched to like put out a song on a CD comp that was on Victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like it, it's so it's funny just thinking back now because and then I looked like on the the second one that Saves the Day was on like Daybreak was on it who we did a split seven inch with. Um, yeah. I'm just like, what a weird, weird, weird thing that was. Um, but I was like super psyched that they had a new song on the incompatible comp as well. And then like leading up to through being cool coming out, they did that tour with far side and fast break, um, which is great. Yeah. A partial yeah, yeah. rev tour. Yeah. So, that's right. And I had loved far side too. So that was really cool. So in like the span of two weeks, I think I went to those shows like four times. <laughs> Something like that. I did too. I, I remember being super stoked with the, the Philly show. It was kill time or rotunda. No, it wasn't at rotunda. It was, What's that? Sp- yeah. No, it's that weird, um, long, skinny space. What, whatever was, was right next to Stalag. So I, was it Kill Time? I can't remember. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Kill Time. But I remember being at that show because Nerve Agents also oh, really? played oh, man. Uh, at that one where it was Far Side, Fast Break, Saves the Day, Nerve Agents. And Nerve Agents... Uh, for for the uninitiated, this is we're gonna get a lot of hardcore listeners here. Thank you. So, but hardcore band from the Bay Area featuring a guy who's in a uh, band before that, Redemption A Seven. Um, but uh, yeah, they jumped on, and I just remember being like, "Yo, could this show be any better?" Oh my god! I think seventeen year old me was just <laughs> like exploding with excitement. But I was ex- I was as excited for Saves the Day as I was any band on that show, and and I. I think I had just gotten into Farside because yeah. Monroe Doctrine, and that was the tour for Monroe Doctrine, and I love that record. But uh, but it was still new to me. But Saves the Day, I was like, all, I was knee deep in it, you know. Yeah, that show was great. They did a show in Jersey that I went to as well. That they kind of like ended the set with a bunch of the acoustic songs, which was really good as well. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. So. Um, here's where we're going to have you kind of jump ahead. And, and I think Pete, Pete, you, you should walk us through this and you should take me here because I leave the saves of the day train at this stop. Yep. I love through being cool. As I allude to on the episode and maybe flat out say, stay what you are loses me partially because I think Chris's voice changes. And like I was actually thinking about this today because I have a couple friends who really love Lifetime, really love a lot of more melodic hardcore and melodic like you know borderline pop punk stuff, but who don't like Saves the Day. And I was like, well, what are the reasons for that? And I was like, well, some of it is there was kind of a weird, especially in New Jersey, a weird like anti Saves the Day thing among the more like punk among us. And then I was like, but also I seem to remember that 
that a bunch of my friends just really hated this dude's voice, hated Chris's voice. I was like, okay, I can kind of get that. But when Stay What You Are came out, I remember like being sad, like actually being sad because I just, his voice changed and it, you guys should correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a little bit higher, you know, and, and, and that's, it could purely be a production thing. I don't think it was like, dude got his nose broken and all of a sudden he's, his voice sounds different. Yeah, it I could see that. I don't think, I don't think it was too different. significantly different, but yeah, I could see it being potentially a little higher. Yeah, it was just a little different and, and it might have been the way he sings, you know, it's the way a singer can, his voice can change from record to record, but it, it put me out and I have not really revisited the record despite the fact that people tell me it's very good. So yeah. why don't you guys pick up the Saves the Day journey from here? So I'll just lead in there because this is, that's pretty much where I get off is, is stay what you are. Um, I think the significant thing about that record is I think they dropped any sort of influence, any hardcore influence they had, you know, like any sort of faster songs that would have fit on the first or second record are firmly like not on that third record. Um, that being said, I think they lean into the kind of more like mid tempo melodic kind of catchier feel but there's also like a lot more melancholy songs on it too um i feel like there's just a lot more dynamics on it um which is why i like it a lot Um, do you like it probably my favorite oh it's you like it more than can't slow down and through being cool i'm not a can't slow down guy that's really i'm not gonna lie i mean like (sighs) i revisited it before we listened to through being cool (laughs) it's good but I don't know, man. I liked it at the time. I don't find myself coming back to it like that. I know you guys both feel differently, but I'll t- I'll I'll take through being cool and uh, say what you are over over that first record. Okay, hey, Brad, what do you think of that? So, just to back up a little bit, please, what please, you, what, like what you said about say what you are. I felt a little bit about through being cool because okay, okay. when yeah. I first put it on. Granted, like I'm 19 at the time, so very different, yes. <laughs> very different set of life experiences, music experiences, etc. As far as how you would judge something, but when I first put it on, yep. the first riff on the beginning of the record of Three Being Cool, I'm like, all right, this is corny because it's just the most simple progression, and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but like at the time, it was it was that, and then as yeah. you progress through the album, there's so many great songs, but the fact that there's like two fast songs on it, I was a little bit disappointed with that because I, oh, I thought yeah. I, I really enjoyed like on cancel it down, just, you know, the fast songs, the melodies, etc. But I think through being cool is a great record. Don't get me wrong. But, um, so when you go from through being cool to stay, what you are, I think the difference between cancel it down to through being cool it's a much greater difference from through being cool to stay what you are. There's a definite change in the songwriting style. Like you said, the vocal style, the recording style especially is so much different. It's a lot more subdued. Um, It's not as it's, it's not as if it's like, uh, I mean, I guess there's still elements of it, but like you could tell, like you said, on cancel down through being cool. It's like hardcore roots, punk roots playing the style. It's definitely like changed. Yeah. And even in the production, what you were saying, I feel like 
that's one of my only memories of, of Stay What You Are is the production mm-hmm. sounds much more, is much bigger room. And that's not to say, like, yo, Through Being Cool was recorded at, at uh, Tracks East. Uh, that's a pretty big studio that's done a lot of big records. That said, it's sort of recorded like a punk record. And you can hear that in the guitar sound and it peaks and like the drums are booming. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak on stay what you are with authority, but my vague memory of it was that everything felt a little more muted or rounded off. The edges were kind of rounded off and that like, those, yeah. it was like subtle differences that just were like, ah, I'm out, I'm out and I, I'm going to revisit it. But, uh, but okay, sorry. Um, it, I think you're. I think you might be dead on about that. That the difference from "Can't Slow Down" to "Through Being Cool" is greater than the difference from "Through Being Cool" to "Stay What You Are." Yeah, I agree too. When 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 I first, I remember the same. I had the same process with "Through Being Cool." I like. I, I wanted. I was nervous about it. Kind of yeah. like I, I want to like it because I loved "Can't Slow Down," and then when it came out, you're right. Two fast songs ish. You know. And it's a lot like it leans into every element that every critic had of Saves the Day up to that point. They were just like, oh, yeah, okay, here we are. We're going to wear sweaters on the cover and we're going to be, you know, this like, we're going to play boy band. If you're going to call us boy band, we're going to play it. Um, but but I, I eventually grew to love it. And I think there's just like undeniable songs across through being cool. It, does Stay What You Are, Brad, to you have the same level of just like, great songs as through being cool so i i'll say that stay what you are is my favorite saves the day record overall wow. um, <laughs> i think it's just like all the songs are there i feel betrayed i just feel betrayed i'm just saying like what happened to can't slow uh, down I army mean, friends i love can't slow down you know but like it's i, I think the songs and stay what you are are excellent my only gripe with them, there's so many songs on Stay What You Are that have the same guitar part <laughs> played in different ways. Oh, <laughs> but, <sure>. um, <laughs> but like the songwriting okay. is great. I think the lyrics are great. Um, I think the lyrics are like a step, like mature is so generic and lame to say, but you know what I mean? Like it's kind of natural to progress. Like once you get into your third record, you know, I mean, I've felt it in my own bands, like I'm not writing the lyrics, but just yeah. like you write some music and it's great. And then like, OK, cool. I got to do another record. Oh, great. Now I have to do another record on top of that and come up with something like. So um, yeah. I think songwriting wise, and I don't know if that's the change from one main songwriter to multiple people writing with them and that change. If it's, you know, external circumstances that influence that change for them, it's, it's so many different things for all different bands. But I think Stay What You Are was just like the next step up to like just becoming bigger for them too, like reaching more people um, like a little bit of like the cutesiness yeah. of through being cool was gone on it. it was a little more serious, I think. Um, so I think that was, it's just like comes more of like, okay, this is just a I good record. True, yeah. It's not, not even the like through being cool was gimmicky with like that album artwork and stuff like that. But like, it was like, playing off of like a scene sort of thing. I, f- I feel like as opposed to just like being its own thing, which stay what you are was. So that's just my opinion on that record and kind of why I think it's just the best one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely agree. I mean, in terms of songwriting for sure, but definitely lyrically 
Chris Connolly stepped up his game, I think, between through being cool and stay what you are. There's like a big difference. Um, but I also, I was thinking about the fact that I think the only consistent lineup they had was for those two albums. So it was like the same group of guys wrote through being cool and stay what you are. See, that's, I'm, I'm, I, I wanted to check on that because there was at I, least one member shift from can slow down to through being cool. I know yeah. that and there might've been more than one, but I know there was one. Um, and I feel like that was felt like there, there might've been on that trajectory regardless, but I think that it was like, Oh, you know, we lost this guy and now we're uh, slowing it down and popping it up a little bit. I think yeah. I, I thought the can slow down was just the two of them doing it. Um, that it was just like Chris and the drummer Brian at the time, but I'm, I'm not sure if anyone else played on that. If, cause, um, Scott McGrath from no, Ben's I would, was I wouldn't be surprised. there too, right? Sean McGrath was in the band. I don't know if he plays on the record, but that's that's what I was thinking was that, um, you know, he's the guy with the more hardcore background and that his presence, even, ju- you know, and you know how this is, you, you might not, he might not be writing the songs, but he has an influence and it's like, oh, let's play this faster. Oh no, not that song let's do something like this. You know, if he's got any involvement with the, the music side, which, yo, sometimes people do and sometimes people don't. But, uh, but that's one of the things I thought about. And like, at least in my own narrative in my head, I was like, okay, yeah. I can't slow down. And then it changes for the next record. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, he was nominal. I mean, saves the day has largely been, uh, it seems like it's been Chris's vehicle for for he does most of the songwriting is that correct i believe so yeah Yeah. you know and another thing too on songwriting is like and i don't know because i don't know them but i can only say from my own experiences like when you're in a band and you're writing music you're not only just writing music you're writing music with an image in your mind as like who that music's going to be played for so like when you're involved in the punk scene and you're involved in playing basement shows maybe vfw hall you know, you're not thinking about playing on a big stage and stuff like that. You're thinking of like, I'm writing this music for the people that I'm used to seeing at shows and, and the shows that we're used to playing. And like, as you progress as a band, you start to think more about like how these songs and how what you're going to write is going to start to project to maybe a bigger audience or a different venue or a different group of people. So I think that's also a natural progression when you're in a band, um, just to kind of, you know, you start out and you're like, you know what yeah. you know. And then as you do it a little bit more, you start to learn and like, then you're like, all right, well, we no. can take this chance here or we can try this or like, or, or, or this is, this is where we would like to go. I mean, I often think about that with, you know, <clears throat> with saves the day sonically, I think on the episode we recorded, we talked a little bit about how I think I asked the question, did saves the day break the pop punk genre? Because it's sort of, you know, pop punk, like, is it fair to call through being cool a pop punk record? Part of me is like, it's like halfway. You could say, I could hear someone say, yeah, 100%, it's just a pop punk record. It, okay, but it's a little faster and it has a slightly different feel. Like, it doesn't feel like it would have fit in with the fat records or epitaph uh, pop punk scene of the mid 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, it lacks that. Not lack is the right word, but you know, like it, it doesn't have the goofiness, maybe. No, it's like, and I think we settled. I was like, it's like a post indie 
self-aware pop punk you know it's like it's like what pop punk could be after jade tree records after you know texas is the reason that kind of thing where it's like oh these are these are guys who are like oh we're gonna play like uh poppy punk songs that are largely about being sad about girls and fights we had with my best friend and why you're such a dick uh but instead of wearing um dickies to my knees and socks to my knees i will wear a sweater and uh cute jeans so um i think that that what you were saying about being a band and playing you know and being kind of aware of who you're playing to i wonder about that and what that process went into with stay what you are i always felt like if you look at them you see almost a visual progression um in the album covers you know what i mean like stay what you are is clearly a like hey, yeah. we're not trying to be cutesy with this record, right? And, uh, and I think that plays. I think, and I think it's kind of an awareness of, of, of self and then audience too. So now you guys have both established that Stay What You Are is your favorite Saves the Day record. Pete, you said you, said you jump off here. Is that right, Pete? I do, yeah. Although, I mean, I've dabbled into dabbled. records past that, but uh, okay. none of them really ever caught me. Okay, Brad, should this journey continue for the uninitiated Saves the Day listener beyond Stay What You Are? I personally think so, yes. <laughs> then take so, us. You're, you're yeah, driving. There. What's good oh, post-Stay What You Are? Because I know some In Reverie so, fans. I know some big In Reverie fans. My jumping off point was In Reverie. But I came back eventually later. So, in okay. um, Reverie, to me, I was just like, "What is this?" You know, uh, like <laughs> because I, it's just that was even more of like not expecting it, you know. And for me, I think this record came out two thousand two, two thousand three, or sometime in that. You know, like it 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 didn't hit for me because like granted yeah, I still love right, this style music but like in 2003 me personally I was super mega into like collecting like Kill by Death records and US hardcore records and that was kind of dominating me at the time and then in 2003 we started Piss Jeans and I'm diving into you know like we're sure. trying to all different sorts of like scuzziness at the time i guess and and um and like in reverie just was not what i wanted at the time for sure as far for sure, as like sure. in indie record i guess you know because that that's i just look at that as just kind of like an indie rock record um yo sure. it's it's uh, you identified such a good thing and i think we talked about it a little bit here um <laughs> what what your expectations are for a record or what you're looking for at the time impact stuff so much you know and i don't yeah. mean that in a negative way it's like it's real it's just like yo what was i looking for at the time and i love that you jump back in so so <clears throat> let's hear your 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 in reverie story so yeah just it was not my thing at the time and now i think in reverie is a really good record and i think it's got some really really good songs um and in fact, I think most of it is actually really good. It's probably not in my like top four Saves the Day records, but I think it's really good, you know? Um, and it's definitely worth checking out. But um, for me, like, it was Sound the Alarm that got me back into Saves the Day again, which was, I think, the record 
after that okay. one. And, and I would oh, say right. yes. yeah. Behind Stay What You Are, Sound the Alarm is my second favorite Saves the Day record. And I'm assuming most people never listen to it. I tried to get Pete to listen to it, and he's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. All right, Pete, give us your give us your vague memory review of Stay Sound the Alarm. Yeah, this is vague. <laughs> this was maybe like a year and a half ago. So, um, I mean, here, here's the thing: I didn't dislike it um, at all. I I thought it was good. I just it wasn't. Maybe it's you know maybe it plays into what you were just talking about. Um, you know where it's not catching me at the right time. Um, I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't recall like the specifics of it. I don't know. I don't really know. I can't say much, but it was, it was listenable. I just did nothing about it. I also like water that is not too warm yeah. or too cold. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a band gets together and they get together in a room and they pay for a practice space and all that. And they write all the songs and they work real hard and then they go in the studio and record it and they put it out. <laughs> what they want to hear from someone yeah. is it's listenable. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, um, think it caught me at the wrong was, time, but it was uh, definitely music. Pretty listenable. Yeah, yeah. criticism is a, criticism is a hard art. You know, yeah. we just gotta you gotta sail the waves. Um, I don't have the words for it. I'm sorry, Chris Conley. <laughs> Brad, why don't you uh, give us a more eloquent uh, yeah. dive so, into Sound the Alarm? To me, Sound the Alarm brought back like the energy of the first two records. And I, I think it's just got that, mm, like, okay. there's just that uh, more, like, I don't know, energy there with it. And the songwriter, uh, songwriter, I think, is incredible on here. The guitar parts, I think, are, like, excellent on so many of the songs. Um, the structure's great. The songs are a little bit shorter. And as a whole, that entire record varies a lot more. And even at the end, I can't remember the song, um, if it was Bones or another one, but like, it's fast at the end. Like, can't slow down fast. Um, Not that that's what makes a good record, but it was something good to hear as well. But overall, the record is just really, really, really dark. Uh, Lyrically, and a lot of the music, the way it is, just really dark not negative but just like just to just like dark feel to it and i just think as a whole like i can listen to the, the whole thing straight through the other thing is if you've never listened to sound the alarm his voice is even different once again so you think like through being cool to stay what you are is a change in voice to in reverie is a different change in vocal style to sound the alarm is even more of a change in vocal style. So like four records in a row, it's obviously the same person you can tell, but there's like a change in the delivery to each one of those. Like sound the alarm is almost a little more whiny in a way. Um, but like, so like when I first heard it, I was taken back a little bit. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I like this, but then like listening to it more, just, I don't know. That album really grabs me. So like, yeah, I would say behind stay what you are. That's definitely my, my next favorite of theirs. So that's okay. exactly what I meant when I said it was listenable. I'm <laughs> just filling that out. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. Pete's like, yeah, that's yeah. that's it, yeah. right? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I had heard that. I had heard that about this record. I remember it coming out, 
And at the time, I mean, it's 14 years ago now, but I remember at the time people being like, no, no, it's like shorter songs. It sounds like the old stuff and it's really dark. And it's funny that you mentioned that, but, but that it was like yeah. lyrically a really dark record. And I, I kind of wonder about that because, um, you know, it's not like the lyrics on the earlier material are particularly like bright and shiny they're not necessarily melancholy either, but there's, there's a level of like, Oh, you're kind of, there's some weird parts here. Like, huh, I wonder what's going on. So, so you've, you've piqued my interest. I I think I'm going to have to listen to stay what you are and sound the alarm. So is there other material? So sound the alarm, you're, you're saying it's right there, right in the top. You're putting it above through being cool. Anything else in the saves the day catalog we've already discussed the acoustic ep where does the acoustic ep rank for you if you had to, to put it in in a an order here boy i don't know like i don't even necessarily consider that i guess because it's just an i know EP. it's just but an i EP. love that record yeah but i'd probably prefer the albums maybe more just because it's just an ep in albums I, yeah, the thing is, I, I think about that too. I, I often don't compare EPs and albums because it's tough. Yeah. Um, in a music design way, writing an album is more than writing an EP. Yeah. Could either of you imagine an LP of the acoustic Saves the Day material and could it have been great? I honestly don't think it would have hit as hard. I feel like it was... It, it I, really fit the format I of an EP. 100% agree too. It was totally the right thing at the right time. Just to taste enough of that. It was just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I think, it, I think, I think had they tried to stretch and do Well, one, they couldn't have followed <laughs> up their first LP with an acoustic LP and everybody had been like, cool, you know? Um, yeah. but I also think, um, when you listen, like, Yo, I, I've I've not released any acoustic records, nor other records, but both of you have uh, not acoustic, to my knowledge. I, I believe doing an acoustic LP would have taken quite a bit of creative and dynamic stretching before at track six or seven, you're like, all right, guys, wrap it up. You know what I mean? Like, this was cute and fun for the first four songs, but now we're dragging it out. Like, what's going on? Um so I think it was I think it was right time, right length. It was actually just like kind of a one of those um, you know perfect energy at perfect moment things. Um, so so we're gonna go through the Brad rankings here. The Bob rankings are it's through being cool and then can't slow down, but can't slow down holds such a high level of nostalgia. Um, the Pete rankings. What are the Pete rankings of the material you know? So stay what you are, number one, through being cool, number two, can't slow down, number three. And Brad, the the unofficial, official Brad rankings of Saves the Day. I would go stay what you are, sound the alarm, can't slow down, through being cool, then in reverie, okay. then under the boards. Wow. <laughs> Is under the boards listenable, worth checking out? kind of in that range it's not or just a couple tracks just a couple couple tracks tracks. it's not really not really my thing the song radio is really good um get fucked up is really good um 
But there's like like the song Bye Bye Baby. It's like not my thing. <laughs> not yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and then after that I don't know too much of like the more recent stuff. Um, besides just like checking out here and there. Um, I usually yeah, like, listen ask. and it's listenable. <laughs> so yeah. here's my question for you and they have pete, a few listenable records that's cool they're quite listenable um yeah. <laughs> pete and brad when is your what's your last live experience with saves the day when's the last time you saw them live 1999 <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, yeah so here here you go because we, we were kind of recounting that I believe I saw them at the uh, Through Being Cool record release show in Manville, New Jersey, Manville Elks. Um, then I didn't see them for a long time, and I was at a weird like I was living in California. There was some outdoor festival in Irvine, uh, which I actually lived in Irvine at the time. But there was an outdoor festival with like I don't, it was a bunch of pop punk bands and different things. I'm pretty sure Paramore played, but but saves the day played at like one in the afternoon. I was there for most of the day. So I was like, Oh, saves the day. I'll I'll go watch that for a few minutes. I haven't seen them since 1999, 2000, whenever that was, I was like, let's go. Um, it wasn't cool. It it was kind of sad and weird, (laughs) but I mean, for either of you seeing any band play outdoors on a giant stage in the middle of the afternoon, rarely a recipe for success um but the you the energy wasn't there like i was like oh no like chris was playing guitar and it just it just didn't have he he played a couple songs i knew you know a couple of through being cool songs but it just wasn't I, i wasn't feeling it fast forward to last year and or no was it yeah it was last year they did through being cool 20th anniversary in New Jersey, they did a 20th anniversary show and, uh, a younger band who I, I help out with and, and our buddies of mine anxious played. <laughs> so I was like, Oh sure. I'll definitely go to that show. That's cool. You know, they were awesome. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. And I was like, damn man, the way the life cycle of band and like, yo, I'd seen them once in that 20 year span between, you know what I mean? So, um, so I guess this is my encouragement to both of you that their live shows are still quite listenable and you should check it out. That's good. Yeah, I mean, environment is such a big deal as far as seeing a band a lot of times too. It's like, they can be yeah. they can be great musically and blow you away, but at the same time, it's like, it's not just about the band, it's about the, the venue, it's about the other people there. They can make the, the live experience great and having been the band that's playing a festival with a barrier at 1 p.m. I can definitely say that's not our strong suit and uh, not the best time to play. Yo, um, Pete, before we start on this, have you ever played an outdoor festival in the middle of the day? Festival, no, but I've played day shows and even those don't go over as well. You know, it's really tough to do. It's just not the right energy at that point in the day. I don't think anyone's ready for it. 
No, like what plays? What what? Like how do we fix this, Brad? How do we fix festivals and outdoor music shows for them? Or like, should they just have jugglers up there? Like I don't know because it's really rough. I've seen bands I love play, and I, I mean anything before five p.m. It's and I'm, it's just rough. You know, I mean, it's it's terrible. What do we do to fix it? It's it's hard, you know, because I I don't want to be like. You know, like, yeah, my band is great whenever we play, which is not always the case. But it's like you also have to look and say, like, this is the hand that I'm dealt and I've got to do something to make this entertaining because you're up there and you're playing like we can all believe in our music and yeah. feel passionately about it. But like we don't love playing the same songs over and over and over again. Like it's not the same as the first time you play it. So there is the element of like entertaining when you're up there and doing something that fun. And I know for us, it's like, I don't care where we are. Like I'm probably going to try and performative. Yeah. Entertain myself and the other guys in the band. And then hopefully that comes out to the people watching us. You know, I think people like bands sometimes just go up and it's like, we just get up there and this is what we do and we play, you know, but it's like, right. I've been, you know, we, we play festivals and it's like, man, it's brutal sometimes. Like, you know, the, the three thirty in the afternoon, like folk rock band. And you're just like, Oh my God. Like, can we just make these festivals shorter and start them at 7 PM? Or like, yeah. what can we do here? Cause it's just too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start, working on that i think i'm going to advocate for festivals like if you want to start in the middle of the day okay but for the first three hours um it's just going to be a movie projected like like let's let's give a little shine to gremlins too let's throw gremlins too up on a big projection screen and people yeah. can hang out for a couple hours enjoy it if they want to watch if not whatever and that'll be the primer so then music starts at sunset and then we'll we'll feel good i think that i think everybody would feel a little better about that um Sounds Guys, good. we're starting to wrap up, but <clears throat> I hope you're okay. Oh, okay. I came up with some saves the day through being cool themed questions to throw at both of you. Cool, Pete. Uh, uh, I'll we'll start with Pete on this one, and then next question will be Brad, and we'll go back and forth. But you'll you'll both answer. Um, these are saves the day through being cool lyric themed questions. Have you ever hung out on a rooftop and where? <laughs> um, I have uh, in Brooklyn, let's say. Okay. Oh, there's been more than one rooftop. Yeah. San Francisco, Chicago, cities how about, mostly. How about international? Ever been on a good international rooftop? Um, Sarajevo? Actually, no, but um, Sofia, Bulgaria. Whoa, there we go. Okay. Brad, how about you? Ever hung out on a rooftop and where? The only time that I can really think about was in Finland that I hung out on a rooftop and we played there. And um, I just remember remarking how it was like 1130 at night and it was still bright. It's a weird time. Uh, The most memorable rooftop hangout I have is in Guadalajara uh, after a show. Me and me and some friends climbed on the top, uh, climbed up a old um, uh, parking garage, and then climbed over to another building and hung out on a rooftop. That was pretty fun. Um, okay, Brad, has anyone called you from Costa Rica? 
And if not, what's the furthest away place you've gotten a phone call from? Wow. Um, unfortunately, no. No one has called me from Costa Rica. Hmm. Um, the furthest away, I don't know if I've ever gotten really an international call. So I would guess I would say Seattle. Whoa, no international calls. All right. Seattle, uh, Seattle's not pretty stick far. out in my mind. Okay, um, okay. Trying to think of back when I was like putting out records if like I talked to anybody, but I don't think so. Not on the phone. Hmm. Okay, Pete, have anyone ever called you from Costa Rica? And if not, what's the furthest away uh, place you've gotten a phone call from? I don't, I can't say definitively the answer. Um, my brother traveled around um, Latin America for a long time. So he may have called me from Costa Rica, but if he did, I don't remember mm. um, like specifically where he was. I'm going to say the long distance call I got was uh, I made a friend while I was in the Peace Corps in Bulgaria named Mitko. Mm-hmm. And he was like my homie. He like, you know, took me to the bar, introduced me to people. He was like a truly good friend, mm-hmm. but he was a little bit like, his brain was short circuited a little bit. Um, okay. He claimed he claimed to be in the KGB. Um, he said that he had, um, you know, had some involvement with Russia, and that he'd like. He had a lot of wild stories, but anyway, this guy, um, you know, when I left Bulgaria, I thought it would be the last time I talked to him, and he some somehow once I came back into the states found my cell phone number. So maybe that was through <laughs> his KGB connects. Of course, of course, but. But I got a uh, phone call as I was like at a band practice in Brooklyn. And I was like, what the fuck? I could not believe this dude was calling me. It was so crazy. So that's yeah, pretty amazing. That's my, that's my most memorable uh, long distance call. I uh, never gotten a call from Costa Rica that I know of. Um, furthest away, my, my significant other, Amanda, called me when she was in Singapore last year for work. Um, when she flew, whatever it was, 22 hours to Singapore direct from Newark and uh from nork uh and uh and then was there for like 60 hours and then flew home it was pretty crazy all right um for both of you this is rapid fire so just say the answer uh say yes or no for these next two have you seen a volcano no no have you seen a rainforest no yes oh okay brad where did you see a rainforest I think in Jamaica. Okay, nice. I like that. I uh, think that's a rainforest, technically. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. it's in the equatorial zone, right? Yeah, um, it's tropical, right? Um, yo, sure. uh, shout out to Chris Conley for encouraging us all to go travel. Um, <laughs> quite an inspiration. Uh, what is the furthest that you've driven with someone named Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I, said I drove Dave, cross country. I said, oh, okay, yeah, and back. Where was that, Pete? Um, Dave Ackerman, friend of the pod, yeah, who was on right. for our Overkill episode. Um, he was he was in a band called Tear It Up. I was in a band called Down in Flames, and we toured the country together. So, yeah, not exactly in the same van, but um, I was driving alongside Dave, I guess. Hmm. Brad. Um, I guess I would say Chicago with our old okay. bassist from Dave Rosenstrauss. Okay, good. Was Did he drive or did he just ride? Uh, he would drive. Um, 
So you could say, please, Dave, just drive? <laughs> yes. May have. I don't remember. Um, yeah, Dave, um, he lives in Pittsburgh now. I think he owns half of the city of Braddock. But um, he <laughs> used to convert cars to run on vegetable oil. So at times we were touring in like an old Atlanta type bus. I don't know if you guys have those. Sure, or, uh, sure. Like a, a, I think we were in an ambulance at some point too. Wow. We used to convert. So it was great going on tour trying to find vegetable oil to filter to get to the next town. <laughs> yeah. People Good don't, don't, don't do the time equation and how much time you have to spend like seeking that out. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's this diner over here that when they're done, you can go there and get all their vegetable oil. It's um, it's like a whole thing, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And there's always like some minor level of sketchiness to it. Not on Dave, yeah. but I mean, just in general, it's like, yeah, the, the whole transaction, the transaction like, of getting this stuff. Right? Like, yeah. Wait, we're just going to this place? That doesn't make <laughs> sense. This isn't, well, you don't go to a gas station, obviously. We just go to this weird uh, man's house over here who, who uh, runs a uh, fast food chain right? locally. It's so like, yeah, we're, he has the vegetable oil. <laughs> these like, you know, 22 year olds are just going to stand around for 30 minutes while we uh, run this pump and uh, tubing out of the van <laughs> to take your oil. <laughs> <laughs> nothing can go wrong yeah uh no this is totally normal let's spend our time doing this the rest of this <laughs> trip across wherever we're going um i also have driven a long way with dave ackerman we notably uh uh drove a friend's car cross country um and uh, I think Dave was paid $300 and I was paid a floor punch seven inch on gold. So that was kind of cool. So you made out better. Um, and also I did, but I think I sold it, you know, some years later for not yeah. enough money, but that's okay. I, I still, you know, it was cool to have. Um, the real trick was that we would have driven the car across country for free. We had no idea that there was payment involved. And when the payment involved came up, we were like, Yes, of course that sounds good. And we're like, oh, sick. That's awesome. Um, so that was cool. Uh, when is, uh, Brad, you can start this one. When is the last time you rocked out to the radio? Like really went in. We're rocking Boy, out to the radio. Does it have to be the radio? Or can it be my own music that I'm playing? Let's, you know what? It is 2020. Let's make it your own music that you're playing. Oh, then probably last week or something like that. You know, were you going hard though? Were you like really rocking? You're a parent now. Uh, I mean, I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you think about that, Brad. Yeah, Pete, what's your little, answer? A little bit. A, a little, little bit. A little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah. Pete, what's your answer? Yeah, I mean, the level of rocking out that I do at this point in general is, uh, you know, I don't know, not much, but. Uh, if we're if we can equate the radio to like Spotify Shuffle, yeah, your tunes, yeah, yeah, I was listening to some music with my wife in the car, and we were psyched. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's on my own. My wife isn't isn't interested. Yeah, so here's here's but, the scenario I want to be for both of you, uh, Brad. You you intimated that you you got the kids at home right now and all that. Do you ever have opportunity where you're in the car by yourself for a period of time? I do. Yeah. Yeah. When is the last time, and Pete, uh, you as well, when is the last time you were in the car by yourself listening to music, fully into it, to the point where if someone knew you and pulled up, 
you might be a little embarrassed at how rocking out you're going. Uh, probably like last Saturday. <laughs> Do you remember what you were listening uh, to? I was listening to like, I mean, this isn't anything to go like hard on, but I was listening to like uh, just power pop, like the boyfriends wrapped up in a dream and the keys LP, you know, like nice. okay. nothing, nothing like, you know, getting in. I don't know, whatever, nothing hard. You weren't no, making visions yeah, yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Pete, what was the last one for you? So this is probably about three weeks ago. I think I had like a gnarly day at work and I was listening to Iron Maiden somewhere in time really loud on my drive home. Mm, yeah, yeah. I I can't remember the most recent, but there was a time recently where I was listening to, I think I hadn't listened to Inepsi in a very, very long time. And I was listening to the first Inepsi LP and I was on the parkway and I was going very fast and like really into it, like drumming along. And I'm like, yo, well, I gotta, I gotta calm down. Like I was like, all right, I gotta, <laughs> oh, I, I gotta should say, here. I what, should what, clarify. Um, like, you know, so like I, I listen to most things on Spotify when I'm in the car, but I have some stuff on my phone actually. And I put stuff on shuffle and the no comments seven yeah. came on. And that was like intense drumming Ooh. on the steering wheel for me. So that was like some actual like hard stuff. You know. Yeah, th- that you got to be. That, yeah, that's that's a reckless driving citation. You got to be careful there. Um, okay, next question, Pete. Start us off. Ever cut yourself or someone else with a saw? <laughs> no, Brad. Uh probably. Um. <laughs> Not that memorable though. Just the well, you know I listenable mean, experience. You have to remember it's like an ultimate warrior show. It, it, that's the thing. It was either an ultimate warrior show or like you know in the early two thousands we oh, had a warehouse yeah. um, where we had like a wrestling ring and stuff. Did some stuff that we wouldn't do now. Is this around the time you were on the uh, PWI top five hundred? That would have been before then. Um, oh, okay. PWI Just would have been like whatever two thousand four, two thousand three, something like that. So. Um, honestly still like a very cool achievement. Oh, dude i mean it's like definitely something where it's like all right that's good now i'm like i'm good like whatever else happens this is good it's like signing the sub pop it's like all right release a seven inch cool i'm good whatever else just just a bonus you know I'm good I'm good um, but yeah the pwi yeah. thing is pretty nuts just uh so weird so during during that hectic time you may have it's cut someone possible. with a saw very yeah. possible that Ultramanus Black my hand was cut with the saw. Cut, cut my hand with it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, shout out Ultramanus Black. Uh, cut my finger with an angle Oof. grinder once, and it really hurt, but not the same as the finger saw. cuts are good. <clears throat> uh, no, no, well, yo, it was on the it. side of my finger, right above the the second the 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 finger knuckle, if you will, and I really thought like. It hurt so. I was wearing thick gloves. The glove was just shredded right off, and uh, the cut was pretty deep. But I, I was like, "Oh no, this might be like go have them reattach my finger type thing." But it, it turned out to be okay. Um, have you ever flown to Montana, Brad? Uh, I have never flown to Montana. I have driven to Montana. What's the most replo- remote place you've flown into? remote um not a lot of remote places i mean like calgary 
that's pretty, Power that's pretty remote. That's a big yeah. city. You know, yeah. like, because it's Calgary and then not a lot around it. But, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, nothing, nothing too remote. Uh, yeah. Pete, have you ever flown into Montana? So I have. My brother went to college there, so I flew there once. Very good. Bo- yeah, he was in Bozeman. Very. So did you fly into um, Missoula? Where'd you fly into? I actually, we actually flew into Bozeman, nice. but it was. I, I think we had to transfer in. I don't remember where we tra- transferred um, because I definitely took like a smaller plane into Bozeman and it was like a tiny airport, probably the smallest airport I've ever been to. Yeah. I, um, I flew into Detroit. I flew into Mackinac city, Michigan once, which is at the northernmost point of the mitt. And, uh, and you fly into Detroit and then you transfer and then you fly into this airport that looks like a, um, small McDonald's lobby, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was pretty interesting. All right. Um, only a couple more here. Pete, start us off with this one. We'll give Brad time to think. Appreciate that. What's one time? What's one time where you wanted to shove some dirt right down someone's throat? <laughs> hmm. Um. Probably a half an hour before this podcast started, <laughs> I got a really snarky text from someone that I know is not a listener um, okay. that I'm doing a little bit of business with. And uh, I wanted to do that to him. Yeah. Shove some search, some dirt right down. Yeah. Uh, Brad, what about you? What's the last time you wanted to shove some dirt right down someone's throat? Uh, when Pete texted me to do this, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Good answer. Um, Brad, with that said, do you remember the longest piss you've ever taken? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't actually. Pete, do you remember the longest piss you've ever taken? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is maybe it's because we were just talking about uh, being on the road with Dave, but <laughs> I, I remember there were moments where I had to pee so bad and I would like, I would have like a huge, you know, thing of like empty uh, water bottle. Yeah. And I would think that that was, you know, enough to hold all of it. And it just never was. Oh, and I that's, felt like it never it was, is. I felt it like never it was is. like never ending. Yeah. Um, Brad, me and you were both a little bit older than Pete and Pete, you might be able to, to understand too, but are you ever surprised by how long you piss sometimes? Sometimes I'm surprised. I'm like, I'm still, this piss is going on. Like wrap it up. Yeah. It happens. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's definitely times it's more, the the, the more now the, the, (laughs) the, the amount of times I have to go when I'm at home. Cause I'm just endlessly drinking coffee, but oh. yeah, I, I've upped I've upped my my water intake a lot over the last two years, uh, both just for health and and like once you get in the rhythm of it, you really can drink a lot, and it really just means I pee constantly, yeah. like every hour I'm going to piss, like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, two left here, guys. Um, Brad, start us off. Do you ever do you choose your company by the beating of their hearts or the swelling of their heads? <laughs> oh, of course, by the heart. Pete? Yeah, the heart. I mean, you got to go with the heart. Of course. Come on. Easy one. I threw the softball. Uh, Pete, this is the last one. And you'll start us off and we'll close with Brad's answer. Tell me something great about Kansas. 
Oh, shit. I can't think of anything funny to say about Kansas. Just tell me something great. I don't great. know that I've ever been to Kansas. You have to have been to Kansas. I, uh, I don't recall. Okay. Brad, he's... he's I got nothing. The, Sorry, actually, got nothing. the best thing about Kansas is that Chris Connolly from Saves the Day was born there. Whoa. That's actually a total wow. lie, but I Didn't don't have anything that. else about Kansas. all right let's see good things about kansas um lawrence is a hell of a town really nice um friend of mine says it's a great place to find snakes um they have some really i think they're big on pies and like cinnamon rolls that's pretty good uh let's see (laughs) Uh, last time i was in kansas i saw what appeared to be some sort of methed out um, Mad Max Road Warrior type situation play out in the middle of the night. Um, and I had some good donuts in Topeka. So, uh, I've never shout actually out Kansas. been to Kansas. All right. It's a good one. Uh, better than you'd expect. I think it's like a much superior Oklahoma and like a supersized, better version of like South Dakota. Okay. Geography people will, will, will ride with this. Um, Brad, any of <laughs> any closing thoughts on Saves the Day before we, we close it out? Um, now the world knows that I love Saves the Day. Um, <laughs> there, is, there is one tiny fact that I forgot to tell you guys was that actually it was probably 2004, I want to say, that um, Piss Jeans, the band, were a Save State cover band for Halloween. Whoa! Um, featuring our good friend Michael Maring on guitar. Um, unfortunately, there's no documented evidence of this. But um, wow, it did happen. Damn! What song did you think you pulled off best? Uh, I mean, probably deciding. Okay, um, yeah. that's the first song, right? Yes. Because um, I mean, that's what we kind of, you know, that's what we opened up with. Um, but. uh was it planned out? Like, did people know you were doing it or was it a surprise? I don't remember. Actually, I, I think it was planned out because it was a Halloween show. It was okay. like three or four bands like doing doing, doing cover bands. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so I so think now- we exclusively did stuff off the first two records because myself, unlike the rest of the other guys, well, I should say, the, the other guys probably only know the stuff off the first two to three records as well. So I'm the end. Now is this most, was this mostly your call or are the rest of the band like super saves the day fans as well? I wouldn't say super, but um, I mean like the, the first record is, is loved by all of us. The acoustic record is loved by all of us. So it's, you know, through being cool. So right. it's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely fandom there. A certain, a certain influence that was unavoidable. Of yes. course. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yo, uh, we, Brad, thank you so much for coming on. We should probably, uh, we are planning to do other saves of the day records at some point, And we'll probably have you come on the main episode for that. I think, I think either stay what you are or, um, sound the alarm should be in our next, yeah. next grip uh, of records. And we'll, uh, we'll enlist your services. I appreciate it and uh, would gladly do that. And uh, whenever you want to go over some big wig records uh, or Fury of Five, you let me know as well. Absolutely, uh, we'll, we'll keep you in keep you in our thoughts and minds. With that one. 
<laughs> All right, yo, thank you everybody for joining us. This was really fun. And uh, check us out on social media at... It came from NJ Pod. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we love your emails at... It came from NJPod at gmail.com. And thank Brad, you. is there anything that you want to uh, plug here? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, no, I'm not doing anything. Cool. <laughs> Check out highly influenced by Saves the Day band Piss Jeans. You can uh, you can I have an Instagram that I don't post anything on. My name is Tonebender Mark Two. There we go. Or follow Piss Jeans, real Piss Jeans on social stuff. We're real good at that too. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 